So we are in the third Sunday of Advent at the moment this week. We're only two weeks away from Christmas. It is nearly here. Advent is a time of waiting. We've been teaching earlier that Advent is counting down to Christmas. So we are waiting for Christmas, waiting for presents, for food, for turkeys, as long as the bird flu doesn't put a spanner in those works. Maybe our favourite chocolates or Brussels sprouts, anyone? That's, that's one of my favourite. Oh, I've got good company here. I'm surprised by that. I love the Brussels sprouts. Or maybe we're waiting for a rest from work. This time of year can be really, really busy with work. But we're counting down with our Advent calendars, our Advent candles, um, and the Christmas parties as well. They've really started. And we're nearly there. And those things that we're waiting for, you know, they may or may not end up being how we imagined. That those great presents that we're looking forward to, they might turn out just to be a little bit useless. I wonder how many of us have air fryers, toasty makers, velvetizers, bread makers shoved in the back of a cupboard somewhere because we got them for Christmas and they turned out not to be that great, actually. Or maybe for some of us, the wait actually is not with a sense of good anticipation, but almost with dread, knowing that there's going to be some difficult family conflicts or this time of year doesn't remind us of the best things. Well, we had Isaiah 9 read to us earlier. And there we heard of a nation that is waiting. And what's going to happen is God is going to bring surrounding empires in to destroy Israel and to take them away into exile. It's something that Isaiah predicted. And it really happened in history. That the people will be away from their homeland, in exile, waiting in darkness. Their situation and their future looks dark. And that is why it's such a great promise that Isaiah has for the people from God, that in this darkness, there will be a great light, that in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine, a child will be born, a son will be given, One who will be wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And there's more. There's something really different about this child. It says of him, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That's not normal. This child will be mighty God and his kingdom and his peace will continue forever. There's no one else in history that we can say that about. But for this promise to be revealed, there was going to be a little bit of a wait. Isaiah was writing 800 years before Jesus was born. So Isaiah is telling people a light is coming, but they're not going to see it. Their children aren't going to see it. Their grandchildren aren't even going to be close. 800 years is a long time. So for us, we're living on the other side of that first Christmas. In Isaiah's time, they're looking forward hundreds of years to the promised one, Jesus, 
being born. But for us, we don't have to wait. Not like that. We can look back and see the light that has already come. Our wait, our anticipation is only 24-ish days, a bit longer if you count Advent, Sundays. So we know already what we can look forward to. We are celebrating the birth of a great light, a light for the nations. That sounds great, but what does that actually mean? I think in a sense we all instinctively know that there's something good about light There's been some fantastic sunrises this week. I don't know if anyone else has seen them. Even the sunset today was pretty good. I think almost every day I've heard from Elia, oh, look, there's pink and purple in the sky. (laughs) They have been beautiful. And there's something about the, the first light of dawn as the light starts to come over the horizon and everything changes color. We just have to kind of stop and look at it and take in the beauty. There's something about light. And actually, we're all here because of light. Light is responsible for all life on earth. I don't know if you realize that. Plants grow because of sunlight. And if you want the details about photosynthesis, there's a few scientists in the room here. So ask (laughs) us later. But plants take in the light from the sun and they grow. And animals either eat the plants or eat animals that ate the plants. And so actually sunshine powers all life on earth. And for us as humans, we eat plants or we eat animals that have eaten the plants. And we need sunlight directly as well to get vitamin D. It's essential. So physical light brings physical life. That's how this world works works. And in John chapter 1, in verse 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so as with physical light being the thing that gives physical life, so it is in a spiritual way. Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus is shining forth to bring life To those who draw near to him. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible is Hebrews chapter one. And in there it says about Jesus that he is the radiance of the glory of God. I love that word radiance. It means that he is like a beam of light shining. It's like when the sun first comes over that horizon and those beams of light shine out. Or like when there's a break in the clouds. Have you seen those beams of light that can come down sometimes? It's amazing. That's radiance. And so Jesus is like that. He brings the light of the glory of God, the creator of the universe, down to earth. So we can experience that light. In the Bible, we often see that when we're told that Jesus is light, it's linked back to the beginning, creation. We see that both in John chapter 1 and Hebrews 1. There in John 1, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning, light was the first thing 
to be created. And Jesus was there. Light was made through him. And so all physical light exists because of the created universe through Jesus. And also all spiritual light exists through Jesus. And did you know that the sun gives out enough energy in one second to power the whole of human civilization for four billion years? And when we're struggling with energy as a civilization right now, and energy prices have gone up so much, just one second, four billion years. And Jesus comes with more power than all the suns in the universe. That's the scale which I am talking about. That's the sort of power that's in this light that is offered to all of us through Jesus. So we've seen that light brings life. And secondly, light shows us the way to go. In the dark, we can't see where we're stepping or what's around us. And if it's totally dark, then it's really easy to get totally lost, even in somewhere quite familiar. There was one flat that I lived in once where the bathroom door was right next to my bedroom door. So to get out of the bathroom, I just had to go out and spin all the way around. And one night in the flat, it's really, really dark, like I couldn't see a single thing. So I came out of the bathroom and I've just got to spin round. And I wanted to get back to bed, so I was going quite fast. And I must have taken a step too far, so I smacked into the doorway. And I felt something wet all over my feet as well. I turned the light on, and I, my face was stinging so much that I had blood everywhere. I had a massive nosebleed. That's the only nosebleed I've ever had in my life. But you see, I thought I knew the way. But because it was dark, I got it massively wrong. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the light of the world. And what that means is that he shows us the way to go. Not in a trivial way, like a nightlight that would have led me back from the bathroom. But he shows that we are created for a relationship with God. He shows us how to live. He shows us the way to God. So as we wait for Christmas, knowing that the light has already come, we are, though, still waiting in darkness, just like Israel. There's darkness of a broken world, darkness of struggles and difficulties that don't know that it's Christmas and they're not going to wait for a better time. And ultimately, the brokenness of the world and the brokenness we feel in our life, the darkness, shows that we are separated from God. Ever since Adam and Eve, we've all tried to cover up this light. We think we know what's best. And so we want to put away and ignore what God's light would show us. We've tried to make a way on our own. And this kind of darkness, exactly this kind of darkness, tried to overcome Jesus. We read later in John chapter 1, in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
The darkness tried. They killed him on a Roman cross and it looked like darkness had won. But remember, in him was life. And that light is like the power of all the suns in the universe. And so he rose again to life three days later to never die again. And the death he died, he died for us. We read in Romans chapter five, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, still in darkness, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. We don't need to try by our own strength and our own power to get rid of the darkness in our life before coming to Jesus. We can come to him and come into the light, into the radiance of his glory. And that beam of light will shine into us and give us light and show us the way to go. Give us life, sorry, and show us the way to go. When uh, Joshua was born, he was very jaundiced. I don't know if any of you remember that. Actually, both our kids were jaundiced when they were born. And the only thing that can make jaundice better is light. If you remember, Joshua was born at the end of January. So there's not a lot of light going on in January. But there was one day that the sun was shining, it was low in the sky, and it was coming through the kitchen window. There was just one narrow beam. And so I had him there in just his nappy, holding him in that light. That light was going to heal him. And as that beam of light moved around the kitchen, I moved with us, with it. And we were just sitting there, kind of warming up in the sunshine on a cold winter's day. But Jesus said the way to life is narrow. Jesus is that beam of light. And in him is life, not anywhere else. So come and rest in the light this Christmas. That's what faith means. It's not just thinking something's true. It's not about trying hard. It's about moving into the light. So this Christmas, as we're all waiting for something, don't just wait for one meal. Don't wait for one day of relaxing or for presents that are going to end up stuffed in the back of the cupboard. Don't wait for things that might seem to keep the darkness away for a little bit until it all comes rushing back in. Like Israel, wait for the great light. Find all that you need and long for in Jesus and experience a light in your life that the darkness cannot overcome. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the love that you have shown to us by sending your son Jesus into the world to be a light for us. Thank you that this Christmas time we don't have to be lost in the darkness, but that we can find true peace, true hope and true life. Father, I pray that you would shine the light of your glory into our hearts and that we would have new life and see the way to go. Thank you that the darkness can even be as light for those who come to you. And we pray that there will be more light around us this season 
as we celebrate Jesus this Christmas. Amen.